Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mercer. I write Concussion Talk, www.concussiontalk.com. This is episode 20, and today I'll be talking to Lauren Zayax. Lauren is a doctor of physical therapy at a concussion clinic in Park City, Utah. We talk about brain injury and how she treats brain injury as a physical therapist. Okay, I'm talking to Lauren Zayax now, and I will get ask her to introduce herself and talk about where she works. Um, so my name is Lauren Zayax. I'm a physical therapist and an athletic trainer. I'm originally from um, Connecticut, and then I lived in Boston. That's where I went to school at Northeastern. And now I work in Park City, Utah for Wasatch Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. Um, and I run our concussion clinic here. Uh, thank you. So, uh, so where where did you where did you where we talked a bit before the interview? Did you work you used to work for the U.S. snowboard and ski team. So uh, is that so? That's where you worked previously, or what did yeah. where did you work? What did you do previously? When did you become so, physiotherapist? Uh, so I became um, an athletic trainer in two thousand and nine, and a physical therapist in two thousand and twelve. I worked a lot of football um, through college, and as a PT student, I worked with football teams, both um, Division One football, SEC football, and I did a season with an arena football team. And then after I graduated from PT school, I went to the U.S. Skiing and Snowboard Association, and I traveled with half-pipe snowboarding. And I then worked as the in-house, uh, one of the in-house clinicians, getting everybody ready for the Olympic year for the Sochi Olympics. Well, wow, okay. So thanks. I didn't ask you. Didn't ask you. Don't have any questions written down for you about the uh, Arena Football League, but team. But that's that. I could just have some questions. Some questions for you about that. But um, mm-hmm. but but back to your snowboarding ski team. When you're with them, did you see many concussions, many concussions or brain injury? Um, I had one athlete in particular uh, who did have a concussion while we were getting ready for one of the events. And so it's different. It depends on the event uh, based on whether or not you have total control or if there's um, like, for instance, at the X Games, they have their own medical staff. So then you have to sort of work with their medical team and everyone comes together. We also have a physician that travels with us for every single event. 
So when there's a physician on staff, they help make that decision. And so everything is done as a team approach. So it's not like you're all on your own making a choice about whether or not an athlete goes back into competition. So this is this off script now, but the uh, X Games, X Games physiotherapists are they? Do they? How do they? How does that work? They are they with your team, one team the whole time, or just with the whole competition, competition the whole time? So for the X Games, they'll have a medical staff. So they'll have doctors and PTs and different people who work for the actual event. And then the lucky teams, like the U.S. team, for instance, the Canadian team, the Australian team, they travel with their own physical therapist or physiotherapist. Yeah. Um, some of them travel with an athletic trainer. Uh, so it just depends on the team. I happen to have been both certified in both. Okay. And so you have to follow some of their policies and procedures because they own that event. But then you also have to follow your own country's policy and procedures. And so sometimes those things can be tricky um, if they have differing policies. So you just have to be able to navigate the waters. And you go through a training session. So when you first get to the X Games, they sit all of the medical people down. And they talk about how different scenarios would work. So it runs pretty smoothly once something happens. That's good. Mm -hmm. So when uh, you said you had one athlete who was concussed in the, during the warm-up to the games. So how would... What would you like to see? What are the primary concerns you have before a lay an athlete return to competition or tra even training? Okay. So I can't say what event that athlete got a concussion at. No, I no. just had an athlete that had a concussion. Yeah. Um, I only traveled with that team for about eight months. Uh, there had been other concussions on the team previously, but for my own experience, it was just the one. So we have a whole training. Uh, we had a whole return to sport protocol. So not only do we have a physical return to sport, like uh, for the Zurich test, or the Zurich return to sport protocol um, with the five phases. But we also have a return to sport protocol specific to that team's um, event. So if you're a snowboarder, then there's a specific return to sport protocol for a snowboarder. If you're a speed uh, alpine racer, then they have their own return to sport protocol. So first you go through phases one through five. And once they get into about phase four, you're allowed to start and free skiing. What are those? Are they named phases? Are they just phases you judge? I mean, I want to try to be nice. Yeah. No, they're uh, – so you have to go through the, the regular phases for the Zurich. Yeah. But for us, it's more um, a judgment call. So if someone yeah. can do garlands and they have no symptoms, then they're allowed to go – and pick up speed and then they're allowed to hit rails and then they're allowed to go off a smaller jump um, then they're allowed to go in the pipe and then you can decide if they can get inverted or if they can rotate and so you okay. just kind of make a call as the person goes but there's yeah. not a formal there might be now yeah. but when yeah. i was there there was not a formal protocol like day one they do this day two they do that kind of thing right and you are you are a snowboarder yourself you snowboard um, i'm not allowed to snowboard anymore okay so I'm well, not we'll, we'll get into that we'll get later but uh <laughs> This question now is uh, actually it was basically it's right now this question now. So you're now a director of a PD of a physiotherapy clinic, concussion clinic in Utah, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. you, can you just talk about that more and what and what led to your desire to focus on concussions and speak to your as interesting and unintentional segue there, your own concussion story. Do the do the concussion story or do the well? Just you can talk about your concussion story and what and what led you to work at the, your clinic you're working at now. Okay. So uh, I when I left the ski team, I went into traditional orthopedic sports medicine. So I was just treating knee pain and shoulder injuries and surgery. And then I had a head injury in 2014. 
Um, and through that process, I learned a lot more about the treatments out there available to different people. Um, so I had worked more in the sports realm. And so for us, the, uh, people don't tend to get a lot of the more in-depth therapies. Um, and so after my head injury, I needed speech therapy and occupational therapy and physical therapy. And so I got to learn more about what the good things were and the bad things were that were available to people. Um, through my own disappointment in the treatment that I received, I decided to become a specialist in concussion management. And so after I got better, I was able to learn from um, a local person who works at the VA. She's an occupational therapist. And so she helped train me as a vision therapist. And then I went to a few courses over the course of that year while I was doing my intensive training. And then we were able to start our program. And at first, I didn't want it to be its own standalone program. I just wanted to help people in the community. And over time, it has just grown to be the majority of what I see every day in my clinic schedule. Okay, so actually, you wrote an excellent article about concussion and treating concussions, and uh, and I was, I was I listened to your story on APTA podcast, American Physical Therapy Association podcast, and read the story there as well. So, um, you talk about why 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 is it so important that you talk to a neuropsychologist, for example? You talk to several psychologists, several therapists. So we'll start with the neuropsychologist. What did the, why are they so important for you? So a neuropsychologist is able to do the cognitive testing. So they're able to do a full neuropsych exam. Depending on what you need, it can range from four to eight hours. And what the neuropsychologist is able to do is identify where the deficits are. So is it a visual attention problem? Is it a visual processing problem? Is it an auditory attention problem, an auditory processing problem? So there's lots of different aspects. It's, it's sort of like an impact test, but expanded to the umpteenth degree, if you think about it that way. Oh, okay. So it has all of the basics of an impact test. That's sort of where the impact test comes from. I don't work for impact, so I can't speak for them, but essentially that's where impact comes from. It's a, that's like a 30-minute test. But if you go to a true neuropsychologist, they're able to do this really in-depth testing and figure out exactly what's going on inside your brain. And so for me, someone who is struggling with time management um, and aphasia and attention problems, it was really important because he was able to identify what types of therapies would be very helpful for me in my recovery. Yeah, I'm working with a speech pathologist again now. I don't know, I never had aphasia, but I had... Just out there was one of the ones they spoke about for me, and mm -hmm. uh, but speaking of speech, you also had a speech language pathologist, and what, what did they do that was so important? So I saw two different types of speech language pathologists. I saw one in the very beginning that worked with swallowing disorders, and um, I had a breathing disorder. I had I was only using my accessory muscles, my upper muscles, to breathe. And that was causing my vocal cords to slam shut when I was trying to take a breath in. Um, that obviously would cause dizziness and difficulty exercising, yeah, yeah. things like that. Um, and I had a really bad, I don't, I don't actually know what the name is because the speech language pathologist did the therapy for me, but um, basically a really bad gag reflex. So if even clothing touched the front of my throat, I would get really sick. And so I had to do a bunch of therapy to help with that. And then after my neuropsychology appointment, um, they tried to put me on Ritalin, and that went very poorly. Yes. So they decided to send me to a different type of speech-language pathologist who does cognitive therapy. And so we did traditional cognitive therapy instead of using medication to help me with my processing issues and my attention issues. Okay, and uh, you know, we'll get into your next therapist in a second, but... You were, because you said you had the problems that you were just putting on clothes and just being sick. Basically, it sounds like just 
around. I like breathing and being sick. So you had a, about like about how long do you think after your your that last head injury do you think you were starting to feel better? Or, starting to feel um I actually around, don't. What? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, around the one year mark, I started to finally feel better. Um, that was around when I finally found some really good providers. So. I wasted, unfortunately, a lot of time early on um, with therapies that weren't very effective. So once I met my friend that worked at the VA and I started in with some of the cognitive therapy with the speech therapist, things started to really turn around for me. And then, you know, there will always be deficits. Fatigue is always going to be an issue for some of us who've had either more severe injuries or have had a lot of injuries. Um, and so for some people, and I'm one of them, you have to practice energy conservation techniques for life. And I finally come to terms with that. I had a bad experience with some baseline testing in a really busy environment a couple weeks ago. And I got really upset about it. And I called my friend, my OT friend, and, uh, she says to me, well, when are you going to realize you have to practice energy conservation techniques? And I said, no, I don't. I don't have to do that. <laughs> so I got a nice little lecture, and she was right, and I was wrong, and life has been a little easier since I oh, left my good. little land of denial. <laughs> so speaking of OTs, why why are why are they so important? Aside OT from obviously you know, you save energy. <laughs> OTs can do a lot of different things. For me personally, I needed the vision therapy, which is traditionally done by an OT. There are now more physical therapists getting involved with uh, vision therapy. And um, they can help with ADL, so activities of daily living. OTs can help with people who have neglect. So I have a patient who's worked with um, an OT specifically for that reason. Neglect is when you basically don't acknowledge half of your visual field. So for this sweet lady, she was trying to take down her Christmas garland, and when she came back in the room later, she realized that she had missed two-foot sections across the whole room really? um, just based on where she was looking at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also can work with uh, – people will have issues with different textured flooring. So if transitioning from carpet to hardwood, and I'm sure PTs can work on this too. I happen to not do that. I refer to the OT because it makes life easy that way. Um, But for those people, OT can really make a difference in their life. Some people need OT. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Because they have to have adaptive equipment. So unfortunately for some people, their brain injury is so significant that perhaps they have tremors and they can't utilize their dominant hand anymore, or they can't um, do fine motor tests, or they can't navigate pouring a kettle or a heavy object over into another pot. And so OTs are very good at adaptive equipment and teaching people compensatory strategies. Excellent. Well, yes, I found that too. And I was doing my, my occupational therapy. I had to actually to learn how to just well, learn how to but just find a new kind of strategy so I could get around the kitchen and mm-hmm. get around the bathroom and house and stuff. And yeah, so they're yeah. definitely, they're invaluable. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if somebody walks into, walks into your clinic, now the, the I'll try to say this correctly, the Wasatch Physical Therapy, Sports Medicine, Wasatch Sports Medicine and Physical Therapy, or Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, is that what it is? Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. Okay, Wasatch Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine Clinic, and, t- and says, I have a concussion, and and you have verified, you have a doctor, they have a doctor, no, you know they have a concussion, mm-hmm. so what, what steps, you just go through how you would treat this person X who comes in with concussion? Okay, so there's two different kinds of patients that come in for me. They can be an acute patient or an early patient. Um, So for those people, we'll do a general exam. So we'll look at head and neck. Um, If there's any suspect of vertigo or uh, the type of dizziness where the room spins, I'll assess them for their vertigo and I'll treat it if necessary. We do a lot of education. So what we know now is that early management makes all the difference. So if someone comes in and they're really lit up, they've got a lot of symptoms, sometimes just doing the right thing, teaching them about avoiding screens, teaching them about the right supplements, teaching them how to pace themselves, um, how to start early cardiovascular exercise. So 20 to 40 minutes a day at a five out of 10 effort or less. Those kind of things can really make a difference in how long it takes someone to recover. We'll do manual therapy to their neck to treat headaches and neck pain. Um, And we also have a cranial sacral specialist on staff. And so she'll do cranial sacral therapy to the patient. And then I start everyone on neck stabilization exercises because of the research that shows that increasing your neck strength helps reduce future concussions. Um, And it also helps with neck pain. 
If someone comes in and they're more than three weeks out and they're referred for a vision eval, then what I'll do is, if necessary, we'll treat their neck and all of that, but usually they're already plugged in with somebody. Um, but I'll do an ocular motor screening exam and I'll also do a vestibular exam with that patient. And then I start them right away on a daily home program. So if someone comes in for vision and vestibular therapy, usually it's for both. I think that's one of the key pieces for concussion management is that if you just treat the eyes or you just treat the ears, you're not treating the whole problem because they work together. Um, so we add in vestibular after about two to three weeks, depending on the person. They generally don't tolerate vestibular exercises very well in the beginning. And then they do a daily home exercise program of approximately 30 minutes, and they see me once a week for about four to six weeks. Then they see me every other week for about one to two months, and then I discharge them with about a four to six week home program. And you know, it depends on the patient, but that's a pretty typical mild to moderate concussion um, that does well, and that's about the schedule that we see them on. Oh, okay, thank you. So uh, actually, I've totally off script question here for you. So mm -hmm. say if say if someone came in to your clinic and had a brain injury, say thirteen thirteen years ago, and mm -hmm. uh, a severe brain injury thirteen years ago, and have and has has had double vision since then, what would you mm -hmm. what, would, what would you do for for this <laughs> well, hypothetical, hypothetical person? <laughs> hypothetical person, um, I would do my full ocular motor screen. So the research is showing that uh, a vision exam and vision therapy can help um, upwards of 15 years out. There might be even newer research since I read that last year. Um, I've had patients who are 20 years out that have had ben some benefit from therapy. So the earliest I'll start is three weeks, but I'll start as late as they walk through the door. Um, if someone has double vision, there's a whole host of different reasons why that could be. It could be a cranial six, cranial nerve six palsy. It could and be. Let's, and let's say that person has had surgery on the cranial six nerve. <laughs> 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 so if that person's had surgery, they might be a little above my pay grade, but um, I would do my best for that person. I have an eye doctor uh, that's about an hour away from us, but he comes up every other week now because we work so closely with him. And I would send them there. So I would do my screen and I would do the best. I would probably start with monocular exercises or one-eyed exercises just because of the double vision. But I would refer them immediately to my eye doctor and he would probably prescribe a prism lens, I would think. Patch therapy is really old school. Some people don't have any options so they might have to do a transparent patch. Um, but that again is not what I work with. Those people are not in my um, scope of practice. I work generally with the higher level um, TBIs. I will work, I will try my best if someone has no other option, um, but I'm generally very honest with them that it's not It's not in my area to work with patching or anything like that. Okay. From what I've heard from my friend that works at the VA, they actually do very well with prism lenses and patch prism lenses. You just have to have a therapist who knows what they're doing because you can make someone worse if you utilize those techniques and you don't know what you're doing. Okay, well, mm -hmm. I think that would not be into consideration because I'm kind of past all that. But uh, the, <laughs> there's yeah. always something you can do for people. Exactly. So. <laughs> yes. But uh, yes. So well, thank you so much for. Do you have any questions you like to ask this hypothetical person, being me? It's not really hypothetical. And do you have any questions? You, any, any questions? You, any questions you'd like to ask? Do you have for me at all, or if not, then. Well, well, what kind of like what kind of questions can I like? You can ask whatever you want. 
I mean, uh, <laughs> so why? I don't, don't, there's just a bunch of wondering if you'd like to ask any questions, but if you oh. have nothing to ask, then don't worry about it. Well, why did you start the podcast? Is it because of your head injury? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I am this hypothetical person who's had dull vision since a severe brain injury in '03. <laughs> so, how do you function with double vision? Because for my patients, it's quite crippling for them. Yeah, well, it was at first. It was, I mean, I I read like I just I had a patch for a while. And, yeah. Uh, and I and I read even. You might think, yeah, I've read it with the patch on. I would only read it the first couple of years or a year, I guess. I would really only read with the patch on, which mm-hmm. always made it slower and made, made it more tiring. But I got through it. I always read a lot, so it was kind of second nature to read, so I kind of got through that. But uh, And I tried prison lenses as well. And that didn't happen. That didn't work that well at all. So I still have the double vision. I've had two free surgeries to fix it. Wow. And uh, has not, hasn't worked, hasn't really worked, but data was good. I'm glad I did them, but like, you know, it's not, it was a good, good effort, but you know. It was a good effort. It was a good effort, but there it is, it didn't, didn't happen for me. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I started, I started the, this, this podcast, my blog in 2010, this podcast in 2015, because I just wanted to talk about brain drain and what can be done about it, so. Yeah, well, I think it's great. I mean, people need to know about the different types of treatment that are out there for them. Especially, you know, it's a little bit, it's, I don't know how to say that the right way, but it's, it's almost easier to fight for treatment for people who have more obvious deficits. But in the concussed population, there's so many people with attention problems or difficulty in school that develop depression and anxiety and maybe don't live up to their full potential. And it's so hard still, even after a year and a half of being in our community to explain to people why the therapy is important, you know, to teach doctors or when I was first trying to educate doctors about the program, I had one say, concussions get better in about six months to a year. Why would I send them to therapy? And I said, well, rotator cuff tendonitis gets better in about six months to a year. Why do you send them to therapy? (laughs) (laughs) And he says, that's a fair point. I said, if we can fix them in in two to six months, wouldn't that be better than six months to a year? And he says, yeah, I guess, I guess that's a good point. He sent me a couple patients after that, but open minds at least. least. (laughs) So how long have you been to this at Wasatch clinic? I've been here. It'll be three years in November, but the program's been around for a year and a half. Um, And it's just been growing. Yeah, just the concussion program has been around for a year and a half. And the outcomes have been incredible. In the beginning, I wasn't really sure how many people I'd be able to help. Um, But even if you can't get somebody all the way there and you have to refer them elsewhere, and that happens sometimes with people, um, the amount of change that you can make in someone's life just by taking away vertigo or by making them less sick in the car or letting them be more efficient when they try to read and study at school, I mean, that the... The outcomes sort of speak for themselves when I talk to doctors about the value of the treatment, but for the patients, it's really rewarding. Um, it makes you feel really good when you're able to discharge someone and they feel so much better. I recently had a patient who was four years out um, from her head injury, and her doctor told her there was nothing they could do. She was That was it. She was just going to live like that forever. 
she was taking two classes a semester in college. So it would take her yeah. like what, 20 years to graduate. Yeah. Um, and we did some vision therapy. She had some ocular motor deficits and she had a binocular vision disorder. So the way her eyes work together. And after about four months, we discharged her and she's taking eight credit hours this semester and she's hoping to go back full time next year. So, nice. I mean, that's, that's a huge change for that person's yeah. quality of life. I mean, that's mm -hmm. excellent though. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, next time, or next time in Utah, which will be the first time ever I'm in Utah. If I'm ever in Utah, if I'm ever in Utah, I will definitely stop by find Utah and near Park City. I yeah, stop, absolutely. Stop, stop by, but I honestly don't, don't know when that would happen. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, it definitely sounds like something that's worth like if you're near the near the area, something worth mm -hmm. looking at. So, mm -hmm. thank you so much, Lauren. You're so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you again to Lauren for a great conversation. You can check her out on Twitter at LZ Concussion. You can check out her concussion clinic at www.wasatchsportsmedicine.com. Thank you all for listening. Until next time. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound www.bensound.com Witness history at Roland Garros where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.